Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, from Jakarta to around the world, get ready for the Cutting Oranges Podcast, your window into the world of the Jakarta Barbarians Cricket Club, where you will hear from those that were there from the very beginning, all the way to those who are there now. From the drop catches and the thick outside edges, to the big sixes and the five wicket hauls, and all the big moments in between. So, whether you're stuck in a traffic jam on the way from Chibubur, or heading down to Penchuati on a bus, do yourself a favor and grab yourself an ice-cold bintang as we kick off this episode. Here are your hosts, John Baker and Josh Von Viana. Welcome to the Cutting Oranges podcast a trip down the Jakarta Barbarians memory lane. We had such a great time catching up with Ollie that we've had to cut a special bonus episode uh, just for one particular story that he told, which I think takes us all back to the fantastic storytelling that he would tell during our fine sessions after games. Josh, what do you make of this? Mate, like I've said before, what a, what a wreck on to, I mean, you know, you can just envision him spinning this yarn He's got, you know, he's holding court like nobody else can. He's got blokes eating out of the palms of his hand. Innocent blokes, debaucherous blokes, it doesn't matter. He's got him, he's got him eating out of his palm. And he's just, you know, no one's got an eye off him. People will stop drinking their beers. And he, he goes on and on. And I think, you know, what you can't really see, well, you obviously can't see it, but, you know, what you don't catch in the podcast is the whole time he tells this story, he doesn't, he doesn't flinch. He doesn't break. He doesn't laugh to himself. He, he gets completely straight about the whole thing, and it's uh, very matter of fact. Yeah, and I think I think you know maybe, maybe Baker, you can you can fill us in here, but I feel like we might need a, a not a not safe for work warning on this one, or not safe for work uh, disclaimer. Um, it's a little bit gory. It's a little bit detailed. There's a bit of a medical procedure. Uh, so if you're a little bit squeamish, or if you've got kids in the car and you're listening to this, um, you may want to uh, take us off the Bluetooth and listen to it in your own private time. Yeah, I mean, it does, it does cross a few categories. Yeah, there's definitely some dubious life choices and a few other things going on there. But, uh, you know, but, it, but, uh, it's just a crack up. You can't, uh, it was a struggle uh, for us. Correct. Good thing um, the mute button was invented because you and I were on mute for while, while this was being uh, uh, spat out. So uh, without further ado, we'll cut to this very special episode. Sit back, enjoy, and uh, we'll catch you next week. So this was... Uh... Deep breath. <laughs> no, I, was, I want to go back to that actually because there's a lot, yeah. lot of good memories there as well. But yeah, I'll tell you this story. So yeah. this was 2015, and I had just, I had just chased my cock throughout my journey in Jakarta. It was, there was, there was the leading subject for me, and uh, it, it went to the extent actually. My my parents were still in Indonesia, and my my parents are pretty pretty relaxed. And they would, at some point, my mom just came up to me. I've actually, I'd taken this home, this bird home. Uh, and I used to be, used to sort of guide them out through the, um, through the fire stairs that, that were on the side of the house. Um, there was one little risk factor there because they would have to actually go in front of the kitchen window. 
but we had a cook, so my the likings of my mom being there was very low. Um, so I'd sort of chase him out there. For some reason, none of them actually made a made a problem out of it. Um, and it, there was this one so, time. Sorry, where, the the birds or your parents? Nobody made a problem. No, my parents didn't know I had them. Well, my dad knew. He told me actually afterwards. He said all of them. He said when he when when I when I met him when I met him in when I came to Singapore a couple of years ago, I I took him out for for a nice dinner. I actually wanted to apologize to him because uh, I realized <laughs> no I no, I realized that I was just I was just this bloke. I was out until four or five a.m. and it would make my dad anxious. But that's surprisingly right. And he would call me at 4 a.m. and he would have to be in the embassy at 7. So he'd be awake all night, couldn't sleep because he didn't know what the fuck I was up to. And he knew I was up to no good. And I just wanted to apologize for that because that might have, must have been a really sort of painful and exhausting time for him. So I, I apologize for that. But then he, after that, he said, it's fine. It's fine, son. And he actually said, no, I used to... Uh, I used to so I, when I when I when I woke up at six a.m. I used to check your room uh, to make sure that you were there. Nine out of ten times, I saw this sort of head with black or brown hair sticking out on the other side of the bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he knew he knew all about it, but he, he kept quiet surprisingly. Um, but yeah, there was this is one time I I, I this, this girl and. Uh, I, I went outside and my mom was sitting in the sun and I said, mom, this is whatever. And uh, she, if, if, if looks could kill, she, she, she would have ritually burned her to death right there. Just those eyes were on fire. And I said, okay, we'll try to break them up. And I said, okay, I'm going to get her to Kana. She was, um, she was a well-spoken girl. Uh, came from a, from a good family, British family, actually, British Indonesian. And uh, I went back in and I, I, I saw my mom's eyes and I said, well, she was a nice girl, right? Trying to sort of smooth it over. And she said, Oliver, my house is not a brothel. I do not wish to be introduced to another woman again. <laughs> and I knew I'd pushed, I'd pushed the boundaries there. But uh, inventive as I was, I decided to change my bedroom to uh, our house was a was a Balinese house with the inner garden, and we had one room in the front. And um, I decided to change my bedroom to that bedroom in the front because I could just say goodbye, send them out the, the front door. Now all these escapees uh, led to my foreskin. Um, being somewhat uh, deteriorated over time, and uh, neither of you are are, are doctors, <laughs> but uh, neither of you are doctors, but but you may know that scar tissue does not stretch. So uh, scar tissue on a boner is is a is a is, has got a very reverse effect, and and one one scar becomes well. I I I got this one one cut on my knob, but. And that one cut becomes two cuts, and two cuts become four, and eight, and sixteen. Off you go, right? So it's just a, it's just a escalating problem. Um, so I went to 
I went to see the uh, I went to see the doctor in uh, in Holland. I didn't want to do it in Indonesia for some reason because I thought Indonesian healthcare is no good. In hindsight, when it comes down to circumcision, they're probably the best. So I went to the Netherlands. I went to see my GP there, which I always did when I went back because this guy was very accommodating and whenever I was back, he would uh, he would sort of funnel me in into the system and I wouldn't have the waiting list. And he looked at it and he said, yeah, that's a, that's a problem. So he was, he referred me to a specialist and, the, and the, it was a specialist in the university hospital. And um, I, I went to meet the guy and the guy was in the hospital and the guy was pissed off with me. Yeah, I guess he was, he was, he was, he was a, a left-wing sort of guy didn't think that it was appropriate for anyone to sort of skip the queue and didn't understand that there were some 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 other factors at play that I had no influence over. So he said, "Well, I I, I don't do surgery, and people that have that have that have just met, uh, we need to have a consult and this and that." And I said, "Oh, if you don't want to do it, then okay." And he was he was just a grumpy grumpy dude and wasn't really pleasant. And, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, you know, this this blog is supposed to 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 to, to circumcise me. Uh, how am I going to sweeten him over? I need this guy on my side. So so he's he's talking and he's saying, well, we can let me have a look at it. And he looks at it and says, yeah, that's a that's a problem. Uh, I can understand now why the doctor referred you to me. You had a second opinion. Yeah. And um, so he goes, all right, so there's two things we can do. I can make an incision along your foreskin and stretch that out so that there's scar tissue that sort of widens the, the, the sort of, yeah, the, the diameter of the, uh, of the skin, the stretchability of it. Not stretchability, but the diameter. Or we can get rid of, I said, all right, get rid of it. Because um, I was fed up with it. it was after every share, I'd have to really sort of put Dettol on it. And when you scar tissue and for JJ, it doesn't quite. <laughs> they don't go together, right? You're scared for all sorts of stuff. So you do did, you, did, you, did you sort of have a cup that you sort of dunked it in? Or were you, was it more of a sort of a wet wipe? No, yeah, these little spray, spray uh, 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 betadine. Things. Oh, you got all the, oh, the betadine. Oh, no, damn, doesn't it? Doesn't it? No, it's fine. There's no sting, right? There's no ethanol in it. No, I did be fine. That was fine. So, um, so this guy, uh, mind you, I was in a in a university hospital. So he said, "Well, do you mind if the students uh, come and watch?" So, well. Uh, I'm, I'm still thinking, I need to win this guy over, right? So I said, yeah, sure, it's fine. Not thinking that this bloke decides to bring in 20 students. The room could barely have five. So they were right in my neck. And uh, he, he, he sticks, uh, so imagine this, right? I'm laying on that butcher's table and, and he sticks the needle down my pelvis. And then there's another needle that goes uh, from the bottom of your uh, of your uh, phallus uh, up. 
and, and, and that particular one is actually called a cock block. So that's where the term comes from. When, uh, when, when some fellow, uh, fellow barbarians are, uh, are in, their, in your way on a, on a good night out. I, I, I strongly, I strongly uh, debate whether that's the origin of the term cock block, but I like it. I, I'm telling you, that's, what, that's the term he used. And he used it in English as well. I'm telling you. Um, again, whether he what, made that up. What's, the term, in, what's the term in Dutch? No, he didn't use the Dutch term. He used the English term. Oh, but he used... Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, that's why it resonated. And uh, so I'm laying there, and, and he, the one down the pelvis is fine, surprisingly. And then the other one, ooh, hit it. It hit a nerve or something, and I just, I just clinched, and I, I, my knee sort of went up, and it went up against his elbow, and it was the same elbow of the hand that was holding the needle, and he just went further, and he, just, he said, he said, you got to relax. I said, well, what an advice. And- so, so, and he was getting grumpy again, right? So I think, ah, fucking classroom of students standing next to me, uh, sedation on 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 that part of the body doesn't doesn't do it any good either in terms of uh, stature. So she's she's gone, and he says, "I'm getting dizzy." <laughs> he puts me upside down, so under an angle. He says, "Okay, here we go." And uh, I know none of you are in upholstery, but if you've ever ever cut through a piece of fabric, that's the sound of it. Like, when big that scissor goes like, there. A big pair of shears through a piece of leather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can imagine. You know what he says? You know what he says to that part? He says, you can't go back now. So <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he said that. So I'm thinking, oh, thank you for telling me that. I was, I was, I was in a, in a world for myself. I'm thinking, wow, I, I don't want to have any involvement in this. Uh, so he goes around and and does his thing, starts stitching, and uh, as he does his stitches, uh, as he's through it, halfway through it, I can feel that the sedation is sort of working out. I'm telling him, so he makes you start to feel this. And uh, without getting too graphic, but uh, if you look at it now, you can actually see the stitches getting further and further apart from each other because he was looking to wrap it up. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, he, he put some bandage around. I'm not sure what he put bandage around because there was nothing to really put bandage around back then. Um, puts me into a room and I had to recover for a couple of hours. And <laughs> my mom comes and picks me up. <laughs> so we go home and uh, I'm sitting in one of the rooms and I, I go, we, we had the CCTV and all of a sudden I see a couple of cars drive up and I, I recognized all the cars they were all the cars of my mates and uh, they just they, they just come on, rang on the door come in and a bunch of crates of beer and, and a scarf and they just they just came in and said muzzle pops. So they wanted to celebrate my bar mitzvah. 
albeit a couple of years too late, but they wanted to sell it. I'm not Jewish, but yeah, they thought it was a good good one to have. They they had they had cut up a bra and put it on my head as a as a as a I'm not sure what you call these things in like in a English. Cap, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think we polished off a couple of crates of beers, eight of us, and uh, decided it was time for more. So here I'm 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 wiggling into the into a car with my knob in, in a bandage and uh, head up to, to our local bar. And I was feeling a bit cocky, starting to get the confidence back. <laughs> and uh, I'm starting to tell the, 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 the waitress, I said, well, what do you get? What do you get if you just got circumstances? You get a free beer or something? Is there something? Can you get something? She said, no way. So yeah, I want to see. I got my knob out. And she was just shocked. She, 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 I think she took off a couple of weeks after that. She didn't want to, she didn't want to be uh, remembered for that sign. So the boss came. He said, Oliver, I knew the guy. He said, Oliver, a legend. Uh, your bill is on the house. Um, yeah, just quite, just quite a different outcome to the, uh, to the knob out at Lowy's. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, the lowies. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, um, and then the next morning you got to deal with your first boner. Uh, let me tell you, boys, that is, uh, there's time for invention then. You've got fabrics and you've got, uh, you've got stitches. There's just a lot of, lot of stuff that you need to do to prevent any pain. Hmm. Well, you're not the first. So, yeah. You're not the. You're not the first man in Indonesia who's who's come here and uh, you know had a, had that same, exact same problem the day after well, I've, the night before. I've heard guys actually going into the into the kampung and, and sort of getting the the the, the to do it with a with a, with a dull razor blade or a pizza cutter. I've heard about pizza cutters. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's all sorts of stories. You, sh- you should. I can tell you, just you know, just for the listeners out there, if this, <clears> if this ever makes it onto the airwaves, I'm just looking at Baker's face, and I can see the cogs churning in his in his mind about whether we have uh, gone into some territories here that are perhaps perhaps not going to make the cut. <laughs> no, it's a good story. Everyone knows about it. <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, two two things. Um, it's a very good story. Uh, I've heard it before. It still didn't stop me from being on mute the whole time, laughing my head off. Um, just and and you know, just for the listeners, these are the sort of these are the sort of stories that uh, that Ollie would replay during fine sessions after, over a couple of bintangs afterwards. And I tell you, that's the boys what we were be, talking about. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Fine yeah, yeah, that's right. And 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 you know, maybe as part of the show notes, I'll actually I took a series of photos with Ollie telling stories at uh, at one of his fine sessions. Um, you know, so uh, I, I might actually put that up as part of the show notes. Um, he, could definitely, he, he could definitely hold everybody's attention. He was he was definitely the team raconteur. He would get people. People would be just glued to him. That's right, and, and I tell you, what, what's amazing about these photos is you've got young Eki sitting next to him, and Eki does not break eye contact. Eki's like, "Oh, what's he going to say next? What's he, where does it go from here?" You know. Yeah. Yeah.
You've been indulging in the Cutting Oranges podcast. Hosted by John Baker and Josh Von Vianen. A walk down memory lane of the good, the bad, and the ugly of the Jakarta Barbarians Cricket Club. Stories on this podcast may be embellished by the guests, and recollections of these events may vary. If you never look at an orange the same way again after hearing this, then we have served our purpose. Until next time, we'll get you to push back down to third band to save the boundaries from all those edges coming through. nuts it, it really is nuts though that one yeah um fuck. you know so funny